How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. When the replay official did not stop I'm the game. not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We've got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got up the point? Um... A lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, doing good, Shane. And, you know, we've been hoping, we've been dreaming. We touched on it a little bit, Mike Leach back in the SEC, but we finally got our first presser from the Pirate. Mm-hmm. Mm. an SEC team, and it was just as glorious as I thought it would be, Shane. <laughs> Before we get into, you know, thoughts on that, I'm going to kick one back, too. Oh, buddy. I'm just that excited that we got Leach <laughs> on board. So let's start right there because he was introduced on Friday there in Starkville. Mm-hmm. And, man, you know, sometimes we complain about these pressers going a little bit long. It seems like. You know, Kirby and some of these guys are in and out in 15 minutes, and then you got Dan Mullen there, sometimes stretches it to about 30. Well, old Mike Leach went for about 48, and yeah, uh, buddy. I could have went another 48 with this crazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, man, the media was eating it up. Could you imagine? I mean, just being media down there, just, I mean, 
it's been so hard putting these articles out this year. You know what I'm saying? And also, you got the pirate gift wrapped and sent to you. It's just like these these guys are – they don't even have to pound Red Bulls before they come into these things. They're ready. They're amped. Every joke Leach said, they're already laughing. You know, it's just everybody's in great spirit down there. Damn, Coach Leach couldn't take his eyes off the – the live mascot. He's finally got a mascot he can actually pet. So he's he's pumped up about that. It was just it was good. It was good to see some something happen positive there, in Mississippi State. Absolutely, Shane. So let's jump into some Mike Leach comments here. We're gonna break this one up because he had such good stuff to say. We're kind of we don't want to throw it all at you at, at the beginning here, but we'll break we'll start with Coach Leach talking about his decision to come to Mississippi State on his offense and how quickly he can ex- install it this offseason. And then finally here on the players that he's inherited. I know he's only got an initial look, but he just offered his uh, first thoughts on these players. seems like in the past uh, your name has come up when SEC jobs have opened. I guess has you know being a head coach in the SEC something you've always thought about or if maybe those rumors weren't true, I don't know. Um, I've always wanted um, – I've always wanted uh, – you know, a, a, a quality place where people are committed to winning, and then, um, and then I, you know, this, uh, and I, just to be perfectly honest, the recruiting base here is uh, hard to resist. I mean, because a 300-mile uh, radius of here just has outstanding uh, recruits. I mean, uh, and 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 it all starts with kind of the commitment on the high school level and the great job. Uh, the high school coaches do here and um, to have the opportunity to put that uh, together in a college town where there's a lot of energy and it's meaningful to people every day and then also um, uh, you know where we're uh... your offense is at Tech and Washington State obviously are you know have had a lot of success and are uh, is something built in a way that folks around here probably have never seen how feasible is it to you know right away implement an offense like that here given you know the players that are here and the culture that's already been in place um i'll be able to give you a a pretty good uh a better answer after about a week of spring Uh, we've always been able to (laughs) we've always been able to install it fast i don't think it'll be perfect within a week but i think it'll be uh, uh fairly sharp within two weeks and um uh, but it, you know it's not going to be perfect. I mean that's why that's why we're in this. You're 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 always grinding away. But um, as far as seeing our offense, uh, um, and we've been doing it for a long time. But uh, you know a lot of NFL teams have adopted it. You know if you look at the Patriots, the uh, the Saints, the Packers. Uh, you know and, and generally speaking, the last uh, uh, the, most of the Super Bowls for. Uh, the last eight, ten years have had some uh, air raid concepts in it. Um, we originally drew it from the wishbone and, you know, um, offensively two objectives that we're trying to achieve uh, is we want to attack as much space as possible and we want to put it in uh, all the skill positions' uh, hands. And, you know, so the thought very simply, uh, the more people the defense has to keep track of over a bigger area, the better our chances are. And uh, uh, so I don't know if you, as you guys come up with a good play to do that, maybe we'll cut one of the ones we got and we'll add yours because we do that, we do that, uh, we do that from time to time. Just what are your initial impressions of the roster that you're inheriting? 
Uh, my initial impressions, and they are initial, is that they're it's is that they're good. I mean, the thing, you know, I mean, uh, good solid football players. Uh, I knew a good uh, uh, a coach. Uh, old school coach from Florida State, he used to say, we're looking for runners and hitters. And, uh, and, and just looking at I, there, there, I, there's definitely some runners and hitters on this team. And I'll tell you, some of these guys, like, and, you know, I've always been told I had reasonably big hands, but I shake hands with some of these guys, you know, and, 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 and you know, and I feel like I'm 10. And so, uh, uh, <laughs> And we we got some we we got some some big hands and long levers and uh, which is arms that's football for arms, and then uh, um, uh, I'm mean, I'm excited about the chance to coach him and I think a lot of the things that are exciting about coaching is discovery one discovery of what somebody's capable of because uh, a lot of times they're discovering that the same time you are because everybody can work harder than they think they can everybody's a little better than they think they are. Um, and then, um, and then the other thing is, is as you, as players grow and develop and things from one day to the, the next, uh, pretty soon, you know, they can do something they couldn't do before and they didn't think they'd be able to. And so, I mean, that's exciting. I mean, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a lot of discovery in this business. And I think that's what, uh, uh, keeps you interested. I think addiction would be a better word, but, um, um, you know, because you know, coaches get addicted. You know, I mean, all the time you see people uh, uh, retire, and it's 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 tough on them. And, uh, and 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 some of these guys get reeled back in all the time. All right, Shane. So I think if you're a Mississippi State fan, you gotta, you know, that's music to your ears there. To where, you know, the Joe Moorhead offense. I mean, two years in, we never really, we saw it in spurts, but. Mike mm-hmm. Leach's system, from everything I know about it, Shane, it's very simple. It's I think it's far more simple than some people may recognize. I mean, it's basically get our best player in space, find ways to get him open, and just keep giving it to him. Yeah. And we've seen that with guys like, you know, Wes Welker will have 150 catches in this offense. So <laughs> – I mean, Mississippi State is not loaded at the receiver position, but they got a couple guys with talent. And I think Mike Leach, I'm just fascinated to see how this plays out, how quickly it can go. And I have also seen other people, and I, you know, we've talked at length how much we like the bearded Schrader, but I'm not sold that he is going to be the quarterback for this offense moving forward. I hope he is because he's got such immense talent. But I know for a fact, I've heard Mike Leach say this, you cannot teach a guy accuracy. He either has it or he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I personally didn't see a lot of accuracy from Garrett Schrader last year. I know he's just a freshman, but I think if Leach finds a guy that can do what he wants a little bit better, I think it could be someone besides the bearded Schrader. I know that's probably not going to be a popular opinion uh, this offseason in Starkville, but what are your thoughts on that? It's oh, a good point. I mean, you know, I, I think – Coach is smart enough. Coach has been around enough to know what he has, what he's got to deal with. And and if Schrader is the best thing that they got, you know, I can't see, I can't see Leach starting somebody else just because he throws a little bit better because, you know, say what you want, Schrader's still a an athletic quarterback, one that can do things with his legs, you know. Yeah, maybe he's not the most accurate, but but maybe 
who's to say maybe he wasn't getting the best coaching, you know, and, right. and who better than Coach Leach to 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 get you now I mean, there may be just small mechanical mistakes that that he's been making as a freshman, a true freshman. Let's don't forget that. And, you know, Leach can make him mold him into the quarterback that could run his system. So I'm I'm not willing to close the door on him just yet. Uh, But it it is, I don't know. It is kind of, it it has to make you feel good that coach coach came out. he, He didn't make it sound like this was a, two, three-year build, you know, like the typical answers you get. He's like, man, I like the pieces we have now. Now, you know, we still got to get some runners. We still got to get some hitters. But, you know, I, I think that he, with the ingredients he has down there at Mississippi State, I think he can make the system work. Yeah, and these comments, and then he kind of echoed them. He was also on Paul Feinbaum shortly after this presser. He kind of echoed the same sentiments there. It just really seems like Mike Leach has got something to prove. And if you're a Mm -hmm. Mississippi State fan, I think you got to love to hear that because you're bringing in a guy that's already proven quite a bit. But make no mistake, the same thing that SEC fans that are not Mississippi State fans are saying, Mike Leach can't win in the SEC. You know, he's never won a conference championship, what have you. You know Mike Leach is hearing those things. And he's probably been hearing them for 10 years you know what i mean so i think he really wants to show what his system can do with an sec athletes and i know he's going to go up against sec defenses but last time i checked shane we've seen texas tech uh, i don't know if washington state i don't know if they've ever played an sec team but i know his texas tech teams did and mm-hmm. i mean they lit them up on the scoreboard so I don't think it's going to be something where just SEC defenses shut him down. I think Mississippi State fans are in for some damn fireworks on offense. Dude, it, it's it's a challenge he's wanted for a long time. You know, I don't think Mississippi State was his first. I mean, he he was dying to get in the SEC any way he could, and mm-hmm. Mississippi State took a chance. And I think you got to coach for life, man. I think if 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 all goes well, I don't I don't think Leach is going to go anywhere else. That he's made it into the SEC. This is where he wants. And uh, there's nowhere. I mean, he's done everything else, but he's look at the schools he has done it at: Texas Tech, Washington State. You know, it's just that they're not the easiest places to recruit to. And you know, something that Coach talks about here in a little bit is the talent that's going to be around Mississippi. He can make his system work. You know, with the players that he's got right there in his backyard. So. Um, that's something he hasn't had since he's been at Texas Tech. And if a lot of people forget, you know, uh, there was times that team was one of the scariest teams that you you could face in college football. Yeah, so let's jump to there. You kind of teased it. Mike Leach talking about his recruiting plan for his Mississippi State program. How do you foresee building the recruiting operation here? And how important do you think it is to hire guys with SEC experience in this area? Um, well, I, I think, um, first of all, they, they've done a lot of good things recruiting here. I mean, um, you know, they, they, they've, they've really done a fine job, I think, uh, recruiting here over the years. So there's going to be a lot of things that we need to maintain. I mean, you know, um, and maintain and continue and then uh, elevate as we see opportunities. I think that um, I think the most important element of recruiting is persistence and relationships. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, uh, those type of people uh, are the ones that are the best uh, recruiters. Um, And, 
you know, and I, I think that, uh, you know, I've been all over the country and, uh, you know, a guy that really wants to recruit and it's meaningful and that uh, has a sincere message, I think they can recruit. But then also with that said, I think it's important uh, that we have some people that uh, know the ropes uh, around the, the area too. So I, I would say uh, a combination of all of it. I mean, the first and foremost, I want uh, good quality people that are dedicated recruiters, but then, uh, and then, you know, a mixture of, uh, uh, we've got to have some really strong guys, uh, X and OYs on the field, discipline focus, you know, and and uh, that uh, pulls a unit together. The most important thing is what you can do together. I mean, sometimes people remember a key individual here, a key individual there, but it's, uh, uh, you know, that's one thing I really felt like uh, Gardner Minshew did uh, uh, a year before last when we won 11 games, uh, a place where they, you know, they didn't think he could go to a bowl, but we won 11. And, uh, and uh, he was a, a really good example of a guy uh, that could ele elevate uh, the people around him. And then, uh, and as that happens, everybody's stronger. And I like what you had to say there, Shane, leading up to this comment, because this, I mean, that's the perfect analogy. That's people that are out against Leach already. That's another thing they're pointing to. Well, hell, he couldn't recruit for Washington State and Texas Tech. Well, buddy, <laughs> go look at the history <laughs> of those programs. I mean, they can't do it regardless. So Exactly. I'm not saying that Mike Leach is going to be some dynamic recruiter where he's out recruiting Alabama and LSU regularly. But I think mm -hmm. what's going to happen is, and we've I've mentioned it on this podcast before, you know, I got all the respect in the world for these recruiting services, but you really think they're driving down the back roads of Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana for, you know, some small school kid that, you know, he's the only one on the team that has any kind of legitimate college interest? No, mm -hmm. they're, they're absolutely not. They they want these kids to come to their camp, and a lot of these kids can't make it or, you know, can't afford it or, or whatever. Uh, so I really expect Mike Leach is really going to take in a lot of guys that are three stars that LSU and Alabama and on and on don't want and is probably not going to wow you on signing day and what have you. But that's what he's doing at Washington State and Texas Tech, except he had to fly thousands and thousands of miles to find these kids. Now they're in mm -hmm. his backyard. Now they're going to be coming to Mississippi State. And this is a guy that legitimately can turn a three-star into an All-American. So now that he's got you know, the potential of landing four, and I mean, he's got some five-stars on his roster, I believe, too, mm -hmm. now. So I'm just I'm kind of blown away by what he could do with the, this talent that he's got now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's like a kid in a candy store. He's so excited to be down there. And, you know, he's, you know, he's the thing I like about Coach Leach is, you know, well, I mean, there's a lot of things I like about it. But one of the bigger, bigger ones football wise is he is able to identify talent. Now, you know, it's not the five stars that, that you like you said, you see on National Signing Day. Now he's going to have opportunity to get those guys, but he's also going to find, like you said, a three-star or a, maybe even a, a four-star people were kind of overlooking. And next thing you know, that these guys are playing on Sunday. That You know, he puts people in the league all the time with the way he's able to develop. And I think that's important with Mississippi State. You know, I'm not saying that they have to become a developmental school, but, you know, Leach has that capability. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so now let's kick it over to Coach Leach talking about Lane Kiffin and the SEC West coaches that he'll be facing. And if anyone missed it, you know, Dennis Dodd of CBS really kind of did Coach Leach a disservice. I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but he kind of made it sound like Coach Leach was calling out Kiffin, calling him a crummy coach, what have you. But this <laughs> is the actual comment, so I really wanted to just have this in there so that um, you know no one got confused and – for someone that misconstrued it, I mean, kind of get exposed here. You bring up being competitive. You're coaching in a division now with guys like Nick Saban and Gus Malzahn, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin right down the road. How exciting is that for you, and how much of a factor was that in taking this job? And then how familiar are you with Lane from your days back in the Pac-12 together? I've known Lane for a long time. I've actually known Lane when he was a, a GA for Pete Carroll. Um, and... Uh, and I've always liked Lane, and uh, and and I know that uh, you know you're not supposed to like anything from Ole Miss, but you know um, uh, I've I've always I've always liked him, uh, a, a kind of an entertaining guy. And then um, uh, and then you know all those guys I know, you know uh, Nick and Jimbo, and this this conference is loaded with quality coaches. That's what makes it exciting. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is I came from a conference loaded with quality coaches too, not to diminish uh, uh, either conference. You know, I mean, the, the, the resources vary, the opportunities vary, but, uh, um, you know, I, I, like, I, I like playing against crummy coaches better than really good ones. But, um, and, uh, but you know, as I look around uh, these conferences, uh, as I look around these conferences, uh, there's no hiding from good coaches. You're going to run into a good coach, and you're going to have to fight like crazy uh, at every conference you're in with regard to the quality of some of these coaches. Yeah, you don't want to get bit by him, I'll tell you that. You see that? <laughs> he, that's, the, that's the dog version of, like, a leather jacket. He'd be like uh, the Fonzie of uh, Bulldogs, so you don't mess with him. <laughs> Going back to Lane Kiffin, what was your perception of the Egg Bowl coming into this? Obviously, you've coached at places with big rivalries, Apple Cup you just came from, but uh, here Mississippi State Ole Miss is a pretty big rivalry. A lot of people care about it. What's your perception of it? Well, I think it's huge. I think it's huge, and I think there's, you know, everywhere you, you kind of have your rivalries. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's, it's – uh, and then, you know, the better you get, the more rivalries you have because everybody wants to – uh, get a piece of you and uh, so we want to you know we want to put out a quality enough product that uh, uh, and it'll take it'll, it'll take a couple years but where you consistently uh, beat some teams to where uh, everybody feels like uh, they're your rival but I think you know Ole Miss is right down the road Ole Miss is a a, a place that uh, that uh, 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 Mississippi State's always taken a lot of a great deal of pride in beating, and uh, you know we want to elevate that. We want you know it's it's very important to all of us to to win the Egg Bowl. But the the, the best way to play in that Egg Bowl is uh, is get better every day. All right, Shay. So there's the actual clip there. Mike Leach, you know, kind of more than anything, is bending over backwards praising Lane Kiffin. I genuinely think you know they have a mutual respect and friendship there. So. It'll be interesting to see how this Egg Bowl develops with these two guys in state. I think it's going to be just as entertaining, but I just don't think it's going to be, you know, hate-filled like yeah. <laughs> some of the fans have been accustomed to. You know what? 
That's what I'm thinking. I, we, I mean, we may see a couple fights on the field just because these coach are coach, both of these coaches are great motivators. But I think, like you, it's going to be almost like a, I don't know, like pranking with your brother. You know, it's just <laughs> going to be kind of that leading into this thing, and, and probably a lot of jabs on Twitter, I'm sure. So I've turned notifications on on both these camps, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on them all year long. <laughs> all right, last clip here, Shade. Mike Leach on the Mississippi State locker rooms, if you recall, well before he got this job, I believe this was when he was still at Texas Tech, was asked the worst visitor locker room in the nation. He said it's right there in Starkville, Mississippi. I'm just wondering if you've had a chance to revisit the visitor's locker room and if it's been upgraded to your expectations or not. I did experience one disappointment when I came to Mississippi State. And that would be that uh, uh, last night I wanted to go down memory lane uh, to that old visitor's locker room, uh, the artistry of which I truly admire. I mean that sincerely. Maybe my taste and view on uh, football and sports are a little different than others. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the, the old visitor's locker room at, at Mississippi State was literally a work of art. And... Uh, <laughs> And now it's an office. So, uh, um, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that's sacred ground because you know you always go to the visitors' locker room, and and obviously, if you're the home team, you want to, to have the the most advantageous visitors' locker room you possibly can. And and, and um, you know nowadays, nowadays uh, in these kinder and gentler days, um, the uh, it was utterly outstanding. And I mean. Just the thought that went into it, the malicious intent, uh, the, 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 hey, it's tough to play on the road attitude. Um, yep, and I counted them, and if I recall right, 37 nails in a concrete block, two toilets with no seats or no lids in the middle, one roll of toilet paper in the middle. <laughs> I could not wait to go. And, and, and I was I was I was convinced that uh, here I'd have the opportunity to enjoy the fruits of a locker room uh, of uh, of that magnitude, and I'm I, I am disappointed that uh, well because you know the the thing with football there's all these memories there's stuff you remember you see you remember all your life you know and and, and that's one of them and then um, and then of course we can get into SMU's locker room and that's an entirely other story but. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have time to talk about that at some point. But no, I, I, I was I was slightly disappointed that uh, the greatest visitors locker room of all time is no more. All right, Shane. So Mike Leach already a little disappointed. They've upgraded the visitor locker room there at Mississippi State. But this is just a perfect example of. Uh, why we're so excited to have Coach Leach, you know, in addition to his outstanding track record on the field. I mean, he's just gold for this kind of stuff. <laughs> you think he changes it back? <laughs> I mean, you know, I I just like how he said, you know, it's just kind of like the sissy world we're living in. I can't remember exactly how he, how he worded it, but, you know, he's right. It's, it's, it's not like it used to be, um, you know. Now, I'm sure there was – you remember Coach talking about uh, the Texas game, Coach O, mm -hmm. going down there, and they didn't have the the air condition on or anything like that. You know, it's just 
you 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 know they were doing stuff like that in the 80s in the 90s you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's just like it's just the more it's progressed you know we're just getting a little too soft mike so i like it uh i hate that coach coach feels i, I don't know it sounded like he was he was gonna relieve himself down there like that was his goal he's been holding it all flight did you get that vibe <laughs> like he wanted, to go, he wanted to go sit in that visit locker room one more time and coach leach i can imagine somebody walking in there he's just sitting there on the porcelain god so uh but that <laughs> apparently that that backfired on him so he had to go find another office <laughs> absolutely shane All right, Shane, so the next thing we got, not a ton of news around the league, but we got a couple things here. Let's jump on down to Athens, where the biggest story here outside of uh, Mike Leach, obviously, Georgia Bulldogs have landed the graduate transfer from Wake Forest quarterback Jamie Newman. I got to be honest with you, Shane, I kind of knew this one was coming. That's kind of why we, we talked about this kid as soon as he transferred. I had um, some good information that he was looking to get into the SEC, trying to improve his stock, his final year here. Credit Georgia for making the move. And you know they were recruiting this kid before Jake Fromm made his decision because, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, you know, Fromm announced it. I can't remember what day. Was that Tuesday or Wednesday? And then here we go on Friday night. It was basically done deal. So uh, I think they had this worked out already with them. Should Fromm declare Newman was going to Georgia? I kind of teased it there, talking about uh, I think this will certainly be Georgia's starting quarterback. And, you know, I want to let the listeners know that I plan on – I'm going to write up a big video, and I'll do a podcast when I'm done doing this. But I'm going to go back, what I do every offseason, whenever the SEC adds a quarterback like this, I go back and watch every single play the guy's made in his college career to break him down. So I've not mm-hmm. yet done that, but I will be breaking that down in full detail as soon as I get that done. But I have watched this kid a little bit, and uh, I wanted to get your thoughts first, and then I'll give you mine on uh, Wake Forest quarterback Jamie Newman and how big this is for the Bulldogs. What say you? Well, I mean, the one thing, I don't know much about him, to be honest with you. It's not like, I, I mean, trust me, I did not watch any uh, Wake Forest games, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but uh one thing that did stand out was, did you see the tweet from Mark Rick when he came out? Yep. You know, now he's a little biased because he's, you know, over there at the ACC Network. But he says, I've been watching Jamie Newman all season with the ACC Network. Georgia just landed a great one. I predict he will be the best quarterback in the SEC. Go dogs. So I thought that was a pretty bold statement. I mean, I know, I know it's like I said, he's a little biased because of ACC. But to say that he is the best quarterback – in the SEC, do you think there's that type of chance? Because, like I said, I've not done a lot of research on Newman, and and if I were just to sit here and tell you about him, I'd be lying. But I've seen the stats, but, again, it's the ACC. So what what do you think? Yeah, so I'll give you my early impression. Like I said, I've only watched a couple games so far, and I did watch the bowl game he just had against Michigan State because I wanted to see his most recent one. I thought that was definitely one I had to start with. And I certainly think this guy's going to start for Georgia next season. And I've heard some comparisons to Deshaun Watson and Pro Football Focus saying this kid is the number three returning quarterback in the nation. Wow. I'm saying pump the brakes on that one. Just based (laughs) on what I've seen so far, I think he's got a lot of talent. And 
he's probably obviously limited by the teammates around him there at Wake Forest. The thing that I like about him, he's a very willing runner. He's very elusive. He's not very fast. You know what I mean? Like he's not a he's not a Lamar Jackson where he's going to burn you. Yeah. But he is I'm trying to think of an SEC quarterback. He's kind of like a Tua to where he can hurt you, but he's not going to necessarily outrun everybody on the team. You know what I mean? So from right. a, from a running aspect, he's that. I mean, he I think he got over 100 yards rushing four times last year, so he is a serious threat with his legs. And then, you know, a little bit inconsistent with his arm, but from what I've seen so far, he'll stand in there, he'll take a hit. He's a very tough player. And I think with the players that are going to surround him at Georgia, and then, of course, I think with Georgia last year, all we talked up was their offensive line. They certainly have talent, but with the new, they're going to have four new starters, a new offensive line coach. There's going to be some uncertainty there. I think it's really good that they're getting in a quarterback here that can, if there's a busted play, I've already seen some of this, where the Wake Forest offensive line is kind of, you know, has a bust and yeah. Newman makes something out of nothing. I think that's going to be critical for George on for getting a guy that uh, can help a new and inexperienced offensive line get going. So, yeah, I think this J- Jamie Newman is a very good player. But uh, like I said, I'm pumping the brakes on Mark Rick's comments, pro football focus, uh, you know, this the best in the SEC. I'm not yet seeing anything that suggests that, but I think this is a guy they could win the SEC with. So uh, he's certainly not a bad quarterback. And, uh, you know, there's been, there's Mark Rick's not the only one saying it. And I've not watched all his film yet, like I said. So they could be right. But I think this is a hell of a pickup for Georgia. Just I'm not putting him on like my Heisman ballot just yet. If that, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, the, I'm with you. I mean, it's the last time I, I've heard this much hype coming from a ACC grad transfer mm-hmm. was uh coker you know i mean right. you, you remember how that situation played out he didn't even end up being the quarterback so right. um I, I i'm with you i i'm more of a wait and see kind of guy uh definitely going to be really keened in on that uh that spring practice so uh, he's still got to build some chemistry but like you said you know it's a little different when you're mobile because worst case scenario you've seen it with uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, even though it didn't work out for him this weekend, you know, sometimes when he gets in a sticky situation, he can make something happen with his legs. So uh, I would, I would, you know, that's something that Georgia hasn't had in a while. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that, uh, that dual threat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, credit this kid too, Jamie Newman for leaving Wake Forest. I don't know if that you would consider that a controversial move, but I think he's betting on himself saying, if I want to make it in the NFL, I have got to get on a bigger, a better program, one with better athletes to kind of showcase my skills. Because it's not like the NFL wouldn't have sat back and watched his Wake Forest tape, but it's kind of yeah. like you were saying. They could be like, well, you're beating the hell out of Georgia Tech or whoever <laughs> the hell they're facing. Now that he's at Georgia, he's going to be playing these elite defenses. He's going to have a better idea of what he can do at the next level if he's got that type of talent. Yeah, no, that's a, I mean, it's a bold strategy because people are talking about him being the third best quarterback in the country. You know, mm-hmm. they're still going to think that if he stayed up there, but, you know, he's, he's, he's proven it. And this is going to only help his draft stock, I think, you know. 
I think so too. All right, so let's jump next to Columbia, Missouri. Want to make a quick note here where Coach uh, Eli Drinkowitz has completed his first Missouri staff. He's got all 10 assistants, and he got an SEC guy, and he hired former Mississippi State offensive line coach Marcus Johnson. He's going to coach the offensive line up there at Missouri. And I just wanted to say I really like this hire. You know, Mississippi State, you know, their offense has been somewhat inconsistent, but I think most of that had to do with the quarterback play, receiver play, and, you know, not really having much of a tight end factor there in Stark for the last couple of years because, you know, we've seen Kylan Hill run like crazy. We've seen Nick Fitzgerald run like crazy the last year he was there at Mississippi State. So Marcus Johnson, he's coached up a couple of players to all SEC potential. And Mississippi State even signed a five-star offensive lineman by the name of Charles Cross this time last year. So you know this guy can recruit too. So I just yeah. wanted to credit Drinkowitz here to getting him a, a guy that knows the SEC, I believe played in the SEC, and uh, now he we know he can recruit in the SEC. So this is, a I think, a great final addition here to the Missouri staff. For sure. Now, so Missouri's locked up. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Arkansas locked up? Arkansas is, and then Ole Miss is I think they're about one or two away. You know, we've heard the speculation with them trying to get T. Martin, so they're mm-hmm. a, they're a spot or two away. And then, of course, Mississippi State now is just yeah. in a couple complete unknown. I have heard that uh, Coach Leach is probably going to bring a number of Washington State assistants with him. We'll see how that plays out. But um, I don't think they're going to be in a rush, but they can't take a ton of time either because the recruiting cycle – where they can do visits and whatnot, that starts up in about a week. So they got a week to get that finalized. Has anybody left Mississippi State? Uh, well, here's the first guy, Marcus Johnson. So the, the fact that it's an offensive line coach, I would say that uh, I would. Well, I'm sorry. I meant players, like any of the recruits or anything. Oh, um, not to my knowledge, not yet. I think they're going to give Coach Leach a chance. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right, Shane, let's kick it down to Arkansas real quick here where Nick Starkle has named his transfer destination. And it's kind of ironic because old Starkle, he's going to finish his career. San Jose State, Mm. the team he threw five interceptions against and they lost to (laughs) last year. I mean, it's just weird how that – you know, at first it didn't it didn't hit me when I heard this news, but then I started thinking, well, hell, he threw five picks against them. So (laughs) uh, the San Jose State – team or coaching staff what have you you know they must have studied Nick Starkle extensively in the offseason and this season because they kind of figured him out a little bit but you know we've said so many bad things about Chad Morris but I think this is just another indication that uh, the San Jose State really likes Nick Starkle mm-hmm. and after playing him and they probably think hell we can do a better job coaching him than what he got and uh, let's I mean, this kid's got a ton of talent. I think there's a chance he has a solid season as he closes out here for San Jose. Yeah. So is he a trans, like a grad transfer? Well, he was already. So oh, okay. um, I I don't know how that works. I I be- thought you could transfer. I remember when this whole deal happened, I said he would transfer to another school and finish strong. And then people got mm-hmm. on me and said, well, you can't grad transfer twice, but – <laughs> I, th- I think you can. I mean, I don't think there's any rule against it. So, uh, yeah, I think Starkle's going to be eligible immediately, and 
I would be shocked if he's not San Jose starter next season. Mm, third time's the charm, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I wish him the best, man. I do. All right, Chase, we got us a little game to break down here. Oh, yeah. It's been 16 long days, but there actually is some college football. Who's playing? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But we got a little preview here, Shane. Let's kick it over to the LSU video department made another outstanding hype video. Think of all that time, every sprint in the summer, every weight in the winter, all those hours no one else saw. Think of every sacrifice, early mornings on the levee, late nights in the film room, bus rides to playoff games, every bump in the road, Every moment of ecstasy, every moment of doubt, years wondering, is it all worth it? It's all led to this. Man, I got this. It's a 60-minute drive for a 60-minute game. After all the miles we've traveled, we're almost there. After all the hours we've worked, one more can make us legends. After all that time, this is our time. Shane, so the big game here, Clemson, LSU in New Orleans. You know, I keep saying it. It's been such such a damn long layover. You almost feel like I don't want to say you forgot about this game, but it just it just seemed like so far off in the distance. But you know, while that's been kind of talked about, I think the one thing that that really helps LSU is the fact that. They had guys like uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Terrence Marshall mm-hmm. and Damian Lewis kind of banged up. So now they got 16 days rest. I think just, you know, LSU's already favored, but I think the, the time off is just going to help them that much more. Yeah, I, I think so, because Clyde really wasn't a factor during that first playoff game. So I, I think he's going to be... Man, he's going to be ready, and he's going to be healthy. I think this whole team's going to be just... 
amped up. I mean, every every clip I see coming out of LSU, every every interview, these these guys have never been more focused. Uh, they're they're kind of like that old school, you know, just take your lunch pail and go to work kind of guys, and that's the mentality they have coming into this thing. So I think the 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 time off was very very beneficial for LSU more so than Clemson. Mm-hmm. And we got a clip here from uh, LSU offensive coordinator Steve Ensminger talking about this team and how special they are. Uh, let's kick it over to Coach Ensminger. This team's special. It is. I mean, this team don't blink. Uh, whether it's the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers, the tight, they don't blink. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, we, we talk every every night before the game, and, and I tell them, fellas, there's going to be some adjustments. You know, we've got to figure out how they're doing this, and but we will make the adjustments. It doesn't phase them. I mean, I, I, th- these guys, you know, whether it's Jamar, whether it's Justin, whether it's Terrence, whether it's Clyde, Dad, uh, the offensive line, I said, look, trust me, trust me, we'll make this adjustment. We'll get this fixed. And, and, and they believe in it and they don't blink. All right, Shane, so I think that clip just gives you a really good indication of how locked in the team is. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is another guy. We we talk so much about Coach O being an LSU guy, but Steve Ensminger is as well. And Clemson, you know, they whether they win or lose this game, it's not going to affect their status, I don't think, at all as, you know, an elite coaching staff and everything they've built there. But any day – I don't know if danger is the right word here, but – you know, these, these guys for LSU, and in particularly I'm talking about Coach O and Steve Ensminger, you know, they could really, it's not like they, it's not that they haven't done enough already, but they could really cement their legacy in that state and this university for all time if they win this one game. Any added pressure, do you think, for our LSU, and hell, it's right there in home too, so you know the... <laughs> Half mm-hmm. the stands are probably people claiming they know Steve Ensminger or Coach O. You know what I mean? So they, they're doing it in, at in their backyard. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is – there was so much talk about LSU needing to get over Alabama, and they, they finally did that. Now this is the final hump to where, you know, they're ahead of Alabama for now. But uh, I don't know if they really are if they if they lose this game. You know what I mean? Because it, Alabama, they're measured by wins, national championship wins and losses. And – I think that's kind of how this season is going to play out for LSU too, because this may be the best offense we've ever seen. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, and I I don't think that they're sidetracked on anything. I, I think this team embraces the challenges of everything, and you know whether it's playing a, a tough team like Alabama, you know, or or you know their first playoff game together, you know, it's just I, I just think. You know, with everything that they've had on them throughout the season, it's almost like they've got a us against the world mentality. Mm-hmm. But the, a lot of the world's embraced them because you know you you find yourselves pulling for them, even if you're not an LSU fan. Um, now I'm sure there's a few people that absolutely hate LSU still, but <laughs> I, I I just from a Tennessee person. Uh, you know, perspective. I, I see a lot of LSU fans up this way, not just bandwagons. Just they're just rooting for them, and. Um, and maybe maybe it's because everybody hates Clemson. I don't know, but this this team takes whatever challenge comes to them and embraces it and overcomes it. So 
the fact that they're on the verge of ending one of, if not the greatest college football season ever played, you know, this is one of those all time. You ever seen those all time lists we do typically in the off season, like mm-hmm. the greatest college football teams. This is definitely going to be on that list, man. And, and I think this is the icing on the cake. This is a national championship. Everybody's watching these two teams, the last two teams in college football and LSU loves the freaking spotlight yeah and i don't think they're gonna back down from it shane and any talk of the moment being too big or this team not being prepared listen to old joe burrow joe burrow heisman trophy winner does this look like a heisman trophy winner it does show show it to him show show everybody what would you tell this kid right now looks like a national champion all right, I know we just got the we don't have a video; it's just the audio. But that uh, that reporter was had a picture of Joe Burrow as a little kid, looking like a scrawny little, you know, almost like Tom Brady when he came out. We've all seen yeah. that video, but man, the cockiness here is—I don't even know if it's cockiness as much as it is confidence of Joe Burrow. There's not a chance in hell that we're picking against LSU and Joe Burrow in this one. No. That's a national champ right there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. So the line for this one, five and a half points. The over under, 68 and a half. Who are you picking in this one? Oh, Mike, I'm not going to lock this one because I don't want to jinx anything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I think this game is over by halftime. No joke. I'm serious. I was not impressed with Clemson, mainly because I wasn't impressed with Ohio State. And everything LSU's done this year, they just keep getting better. I mean, they I mean, Oklahoma, they had 49 points. I mean, you closed you blinked your eyes. Next thing you look up, they're ha- they're up half a hundo on these guys. You know what I'm saying? So my my thing is this is, like I said earlier, I think the best college football team we've seen in a very very long time probably my lifetime and and i've seen some some great college football teams it's just top to bottom this is the most efficient offense that i i think that's ever been assembled now i think they're going to put that on display come monday what they want to do is they want to show the world that it's not even a question, that Clemson should not even have been on this football field. They should have crowned them two weeks ago. I think that's the mentality they're going to have down there in LSU. This is going to be a home field advantage. Uh, They've been talking it up all week, and I wish I was down there so I could party the whole week after because (laughs) I've got LSU winning this game, and not even close, 59 to 24. I'm just glad you didn't say three because you did that <laughs> against Florida. <laughs> no, no, no. I think Clemson gets some garbage time uh, touchdowns here. I think they, you know, they, they do something there at the first, they may even score first, you know, and then mm-hmm. it kind of be like the Oklahoma thing. But I just think once, once LSU gets going, Clemson's not going to be able to keep up. Uh, they've got a very good offense, but their offense is nowhere near as powerful as LSU's. And LSU's defense is just getting better. Those guys are going to have their ears pinned back. I think they're going to be all over uh, old sunshine down there. Yeah, and it's interesting. I assume everybody watched that Ohio State-Clemson game, but 
if you didn't, I mean, the Buckeyes were just dominating that game. Kept shooting themselves in the foot in the red zone. I mean, it was at one point, I think the score should have been like 24-3. to I mean, it, that game was over if Ohio State executed there. And then, of course, Clemson came roaring back, and they also got some controversial calls to help them out that would have probably sealed the game against them. So they had a lot of breaks going for their their way there in the semifinal. And it's just interesting that they kind of come in and they're still playing this damn disrespect card when, hell, you got outplayed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you're going up against this offensive juggernaut, a team, like you said, that's playing the best defense they played all season. They've had some miscues on defense, to be sure, but most of that was – you know, beginning of the season, still adjust. I mean, I don't even think – I think this offense is so damn good for LSU, it took time for the defense to adjust, to <laughs> figure out how we got to play this because they're just scoring too damn quick, you know. So yeah, I think they've adjusted to that. And, you know, the, the talk is going to be LSU and Clemson's offenses and how outstanding they are going into this game but I think I've said it before this game to me comes down to that LSU defense and the strides they've taken I like LSU secondary a hell of a lot more than I like Clemson's and that's what this game is probably going to come down to because these Clemson receivers against this LSU defensive backs I think Clemson will win enough of the battles you know to score some touchdowns but not enough to keep up with what LSU is going to put up. And another key factor in my thinking here, Shane, every time I hear these LSU defenders talk about Clemson, they kind of Mm -hmm. say the same thing. We didn't realize this Trevor Lawrence could run the way he did against Ohio State. I think Clemson really messed up there because they were saving that for the national championship game, kind of like they did last year when they got to, you know, save some stuff for Alabama but they had to throw out everything they had just to beat Ohio State. So it certainly seemed like LSU didn't know Clemson could do that. It seems like they were saving it. They didn't want to put it on film. Now it's out there. I think mm-hmm. they, I think they're out of wrinkles. I think that's really going to help <laughs> LSU's defense here. In New Orleans, Joe Burrow, Coach O, Steve Ensminger, everything he's been through, these guys are locked in. They're going to get it done. I like LSU 42 Clemson, 28. So a little bit closer than you, but LSU wins and easily covers here to win the national championship. Mm, I hope Dabo's eating Papa John's after this game on a golf cart, you know? (laughs) Just crying that this game wasn't held in Greenville, South Carolina, you know? (laughs) Oh, it's not fair. Oh, man, I love it, man. I'm looking forward to it. This is the last college game, man. And so I'm going to soak it up. Did you play the hype video yet? Uh, Yes, sir. Golly, didn't that give you goosebumps? You got to watch the video. We'll put that on the Reddit page. And um, LSU is bringing it, son. And uh, I think think there's more than just one state rooting for this team, man. I'm telling you. Everybody I talk to, if you – I mean, just ask – I don't care where you're at right now. When you go out tomorrow, just ask, hey, who you uh, 
Who are you pulling for tonight? Even if you know that they're not an LSU fan, I guarantee most of them are going to say LSU because they hate Clemson. And I hate Clemson. There can only be one orange team in this country, and it ain't Clemson. You know, there's only one Death Valley, only one Tiger, and it is not Clemson. So I'm I'm ready for that little fluke to end and uh, that team to go back to irrelevant. Absolutely, Shane. So this is going to be a real barn burner and. I think it's kicking off around 8 o'clock Eastern time. It'll probably end the way these damn championships games go mm. about 1 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> they, try, right. they like to drag these things out, so it's going to be interesting. We're probably not going to be able to get a reaction pod to you till a little bit while after, so it, it may be a little while before you get your next pod, but we'll get uh, reactions up as soon as we can comments from the coaches and everything but yeah it's like you said this is the last game of the season but we're not going anywhere we're going to stay with you throughout the off season it's going to be a little bit darker but yeah we got we got leach and kiffin and uh yes somebody, sir we got say pivot we got people to bring us up so it's somebody's going to be a good time. about to screw up Mike. <laughs> and we'll be there to talk about it when they do that's it, buddy. Yeah, we ain't going nowhere. We we may take a little break after this season, just to just to you know reset. But like like Mike said, we're going to try to be pretty active here in the off season because there may not be a lot of news, but there's still news out there, and we'll be sure to bring it to you. All right, buddy. I think that's going to do it for this one. Uh, thanks for joining me, as always. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols. Go Tigers. <laughs>